Welcome back to the first Loftcast of the new year and what a start we've made to 2018. I'm Ian Taylor and today I'm joined by Club Ambassador Andy Sinton and my fellow media colleague Paul Morrissey. Fresh from our New Year's Day victory against Cardiff City at Loftus Road, we speak to QPR's man of the moment, Paul Smith, about his golden debut in W12. We'll also be looking ahead to Saturday's FA Cup third round tie against MK Dons at Loftus Road as Ian Holloway's men look to make it two wins from two in the new year. Since Moza, um, let's start then uh, by looking back at that comeback victory against Cardiff City at Loftus Road on New Year's Day. Andy, first up, a fully deserved win in the end. Yeah, I think so. Based on uh, based on the second half, <clears throat> you know, coming back uh, from a goal down, soft penalty, which we'll discuss a bit later on. But uh, team showed great character, and uh, I say, good win. A bold team selection, wasn't it, Paul? Um, Paul Smith was Handy's first appearance following his summer move from Linfield. Jack Robinson was back in for Grant Hall, who was rested as a precaution in the back three. And Josh Scone returned from, some, from suspension. Obviously, Big Matt Smith was recalled in attack. So four changes in total. But um, it didn't seem to disrupt the team early on because we were competitive from the outset. Yeah, I think he, he wanted to freshen things up and make a couple of changes. And... It, it, like he said afterwards, it was a, a huge gamble to put um, Paul Smith in against a, a Cardiff side who are obviously very physical, but perhaps it rather than fight fire with fire, taking a, a different approach might catch them unawares. And, and so it proved Matt Connolly got booked early on for trying to hold Paul Smith because every time Alex Smith has got the ball, was Smith was off. And um, the Cardiff centre-backs didn't quite know how to to handle it, his pace and his tenacity and the way he just kept going. He was almost like a little Jack Russell just biting at their heels all afternoon. You've managed, Andy. Did you see it as a, a big gamble? Ollie said it was a huge gamble, but I saw you shaking your head there, not necessarily agreeing with, with the fact that it was a gamble. Well, every team you pick is a gamble. Uh, certainly if you're going to play a, a, a young kid, you know, playing Ryan Manning at Wolves last year, same time of the season mm. when he came from nowhere, was a gamble. Um, well, I don't think so you can see what Ollie means yeah, in that respect. Yeah, it's always a gamble, but I think, you know, looking at previous games, we've tried one or two things that haven't quite worked. So in that sense, you've got nothing really to lose. So it's, um, you played all your other cards to play the final one. Exactly. So, uh, you know, Cardiff, I'm sure, wouldn't have known a great deal about him. I'm sure that would have taken them by surprise on the day. So uh, Neil you know, likes to do his preparation, but I'm sure that threw him a little bit. Um, so, for, so for me... Listen, the way it went, it's a great call. It's a great decision and uh, delighted to see. The first half was really tight, wasn't it? But if anyone was causing Cardiff problems, it was young Paul Smith. And probably at the other end, you look at former QPR player Junior Hoyler. He was certainly getting in some good areas, but it was often the final ball that was lacking. But it was a very combative approach, wasn't it, from Neil Warnock's men, which you come to expect really from a Warnock side yeah that wasn't surprising Paul Smith obviously had that chance uh, in the first half we just got under it when it was pulled back I actually thought um, Jordan Cousins as well he did he did really well in in, um, creating openings and getting forward as well but yeah there wasn't much to choose between the teams at half time and I actually thought when Cardiff got the penalty and you're looking at the penalty and you're saying is is that that ball's never even there to be won. He's never getting to that ball. So that I found that really surprising. Even uh, I mean, we I 
I thought it was a penalty first off because I could see the shirt being pulled. Andy, what were your views? You were over the other side of the ground. To myself, what were your views? I thought it was a little bit soft, but I think uh, if I remember rightly, saying on commentary, I can see where the ref's given it. Jake putting his arms towards the guy. He's not a push, but he's just put his arms on him. And the referee's ten yards away, looking straight at him. So. Yeah, see, I agree with that, and I know what you're saying. Bidwell's almost given the referee a decision to make. Exactly. Yeah. But I know what you're going to say. The ball wasn't. Well, he's really never he's never at the ball, and if for me, if that's a penalty, then Matt Smith should have a penalty every time he <laughs> um, plays. Totally agree. Every time he's in the box, you can see before the balls even come into the box, they're handled, their arms he? on him. Yeah. He's looking at the ref, and Matt Smith has, seen, has said before that he'll speak to the referee about it and the ref will say you're twice the size of him <laughs> how is that relevant what size he is and it amazes me that Matt Smith doesn't get more penalties particularly when that is given as mm-hmm. a penalty and it seems him being six foot five works against him because he's <laughs> almost just supposed to accept it because he's so big which and we've certainly had incredible. a few go against us haven't we this year in terms of penalty decisions Ollie's made it quite clear that he's had letters from the FA mm. apologising for decisions I wonder if we'll get another one this week um Despite going a goal down, it was a well-taken penalty kick. Alex Smith is the spot-kick king, has now failed to save any of his last five, but we won't go into that because if you look at his record, it is still fantastic from 12 yards. But the response from QPR um, was really positive, wasn't it? And um, that long throw from Jack Robinson is a real weapon, isn't it, when utilised to its full effect. And big Matt Smith was there and nodded home his sixth of the season. Yeah, you know, that's a that's an added bonus when Jack Robinson's in the side. You know, it was quite funny on uh, whatever day it was, you know, Monday, lost for the days that, uh, you know, Cardiff in the first half an hour must have had about eight or nine long throws. Yeah. Uh, we give them a dose of their own medicine and get back on level terms, you know. It's, it's a great throw. What I like about Jack's throws, they're not coming in uh, high and looped where you've got to generate your own sort of power. comes in quite flat and quick. Fizzed in. Uh, fizzed in and... Smithy just gets a little jump above them. I thought the keeper, Murphy, started to come and stopped. Yep. Caused a little bit of confusion, but Matt's not to know that. Uh, he's brave because there's loads of bodies in there, and it gets us back on level pegging. It did get us back on level pegging, as you're saying. At that stage, the stadium was really bouncing. You just sensed that there was a moment coming, didn't you? You weren't probably quite sure at what end that moment was going <laughs> to come, but when, when young Paul Smith um, gets onto that, that loose ball to flick on from Matt Smith, his pace just takes him away and then the finish albeit via a deflection is is a fantastic finish and you certainly lost the plot on, on commentary <laughs> um, I think you shouted his name um, one or two times at least um, but it was a, a remarkable moment for, for a young man that you know, on his debut he, he was fearless his whole performance was fearless and that, and that finish was fearless in itself I thought his all-round game was great. He was a breath of fresh air. You know, uh, what I liked about him, his, his movement was really, really clever. Um, again, I, I hop back to things I was saying on commentary. Remember, Trevor Francis was the first one that showed me, if you want the ball in behind, come short first. If you want uh, to go. go the opposite movement. And, and for a young kid, uh, that really, he, he bent his runs. Does that just give you that half a yard to get away from your marker? Yeah, he's well, just putting something in the defender's mind, you know. But uh, his overall performance... Um, was really good, capped off by a goal. Coming back to me on comms, you know, there's a bit of emotion in that because... I thought you were going to cry at <laughs> Well, you know, 2017, I cared deeply about our football club and I just want us to do well. So 2017, by any stretch of the imagination, wasn't the, wasn't the greatest year. You know, I've just sat through us losing uh, a London derby. 
at Millwall the other night where we were second best certainly in the second half and you know that hurts a little bit yeah. I've heard our manager get absolutely dogs abuse uh, for a time now whatever you think of who the manager is what you think of him that's our manager yeah. and you don't like to see that then you see on New Year's Day um, or before New Year's Day teams below us we're looking over our shoulder a bit I sensed the other day was a big big game teams had picked up points on Saturday mm. and capped with that you, you see a young kid get thrown in at the deep end uh, plays with a, an enthusiasm and an energy that lifts everybody yeah. and he gets his winning goal with a, with a great finish you know we don't mind you showing that emotion <laughs> you don't have to explain to us <laughs> I saw, saw his sort of celebration I saw the celebration from the rest of the team where as a man even the subs were involved yeah and I see what it did to the crowd, so uh, it was a fantastic moment. No, great scenes, and you're right, it was an important win, because at one point during that game, the gap was three points, it's now six mm. points, which is just goes to show how important it was. But there was late drama, as there always is at Loftus Road. It looked like, there, well, there were opportunities. There could have been four or four, five more goals at, at either end. We had chances, they had chances. There were some great blocks. There was the offside <laughs> goal, as it were, in inverted commas, that Junior Hoylett thought he'd scored on his return to Loftus Road. But... We defended really well during those late stages and real body-on-the-line stuff. Did you think the goal should have stood? No. No. What do you think, Since I thought the last touch had come off a Cardiff man. In real time, and having seen it again, I still think that. Did you, yeah. I In real time, I wasn't quite so sure. I thought, yeah. Josh, but it's, it's that interpretation of yeah. the yeah. law, you know. I must admit, um, when he went to the fourth official and yeah. it was a long dialogue, yeah. I thought, that's probably going to change I thought, his mind. I it? thought that because the line I was, the, the assistant is flagged for offside. And then the referee going over suggests the referee doesn't agree with his decision. Yep. So I thought, he, I was saying to the person who was next to him, he's going to overturn this. Yep. He's not going over to agree with him. Yep. And then it went on and on. The conversation's going on so long that I thought, the referee's almost... You're sat right behind the dugouts. What was it point. like uh, on both benches <laughs> at that stage? Um, they're not short in coming <laughs> forward. Those well, actually, yeah. I, the QPR bench was um, quite calm, all things considered, just watching, waiting for it to unfold. The uh, Cardiff City we're bench, to however, the were, official, well, they were certainly in dialogue with the fourth <laughs> official <laughs> to uh, give their views on it. But um, yeah, so when it, when he gave it as a as the offside, that was a, a, a give us a bit of relief. But having said that, we probably deserved a yeah. If it was luck, I don't know. Like you say, it's, even in replay, I think it's hard to truly judge whether it was Scone who got the touch or or not. But yeah, I think we've certainly earned that. If and, it was and even after that, um, we had chances, didn't we? Uh, it was good to see young Aramide Ote come on again for his second appearance. Came on against Millwood, didn't he? Um, just before Christmas, but uh, sorry, just after Christmas, in, in the gap between Christmas and New Year. But he came on and he had a chance. Um, slightly overhit ball by Josh going into his path, but good again to see a young player coming through. Yeah, really good. You know, I like what I, I like what I saw with him. You know, for I know it was only twelve, fifteen minutes or so, but uh, but yeah, that was probably the. The little disappointment for me, I think we had two breakaways at them with five minutes to go, really, it just put the game Four to bed. Two, really, yeah. uh, you know, Josh has made the right decision but doesn't ex execute his pass, overhits it for me rather than just leaving it in the space. The young kid Ote's had to take a touch by which time he's, his angle sort of narrows and uh, we don't kill the game off. But uh, There was another great moment, wasn't there, where Ote, he could have gone for goal again, but he just walked the ball into the yes. corner, didn't he? And, he got a great reception from the QPR fans for doing that. And that shows that there's a, a level head on young shoulders. Absolutely. To do that in your home debut as well, I'd you're clear through. Goal, <laughs> <to get a goal. laughs> absolutely. How many, 
How many of us would, even though, that's why I've never played even though you know the right decision is go to the corner, how many in that moment would say, oh, hang on, exactly. So for him to do that, and like you say, there was just applause went around the stadium in recognition of what a, a, a smart, considered move it was mm. in, in the heat of the moment. Very and like you say, a young person on his home debut to, to think about the team rather than the individual in that moment, he deserves enormous respect for. So that win uh, ensured it's eight points from 15, uh, two wins, two draws, one defeat over the festive period including the Birmingham game in that festive period a good fair return Andy? Yeah not bad not bad would have probably maybe like another couple of points if you like but eight from uh, eight from the five games you know but sometimes I look at groups of games and I think sometimes you know just go game to game and get points and as a consequence of that whether it's a draw or a win you'll rack up a certain amount of points over a certain amount of games so uh, no but pleasing and the other day the importance with the other teams winning the on the on the Saturday was was huge Paul thanks for joining us um, before we get on to that dream debut on Monday let's just cast your mind back to the summer uh, when you joined QPR what are your recollections of how the move to Loftus Road came about um, it was just a normal day for me in, in the office at Linfield and just I was training and the, the gaffer David Healy came up to me and told me about a move to QPR and I was shocked because I mean I didn't expect it at all I know I was doing well in the Irish League but I didn't expect the move to QPR it was on its way and I just thought that this could be my chance to actually pursue my career and move on and move further in, in the game and it uh, it happened all so quick and, and now I'm here and I'm and then I'm enjoying it. And it escalated fairly quickly. I assume you met Les Ferdinand initially and he sold the club to you as best he could? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I knew about the club previously. Was, as a kid, I was growing up. I've always watched Matthew Day and QPR would be on it. And you would see, obviously, the likes of Charlie Austin, Bobby Zamora. Mm-hmm. And just, just watching them, it was always a, an exciting game when it comes to QPR. But... I mean, when I seen Les and he literally opened up, told me everything about the club, what they've done, their history, and I mean, Les is a big figure here as well. The goals mm-hmm. he scored throughout his career, but once I once I met up with Les Ferdinand, it was like, I mean, I've met up with Les, and like, so it, it didn't take too much to sell it into. It was quite an easy decision to make. Yeah, I mean, it's professional football, and it's it's a chance at the big game. And once QPR came along, and previously watching them when I was a kid, I was like. How could I not? It's it's a chance to pursue my career, and what a place to pursue your career. You'd enjoyed success in the Irish League, like you say. Did you ever think that a move across the shores, as it were, to to England would be possible? I was hoping. As a kid, you grow up, and that's your main target if you're playing football. You want to make it big, and you want to get across water and play with professional players. But when when I was playing at Linfield, I didn't expect anything at all. I was just doing my job and winning games, scoring goals, assisting, whatever I could do to help the team win. And the chance came along and, as I said, I was surprised and I was just happy to be able to get the chance to take it. Prior to Linfield, then, what did your footballing education consist of growing up? Were you the kind of kid that had a kickabout on the streets and then decided quite early on in your life that it was a career that you wanted to pursue? Uh, yeah, well, when you, I've been playing football since I was two. My mum always told me stories <laughs> about running around with a football at my feet and never never leaving it. And when I was growing up throughout, I always, always make friends that loved football as well. And you would always have, you would play football on the streets, on the road, and you would use the two gratings at the either side of the curbs and you would play a game and then a car came, you were off. <laughs> and you were waiting until it would come off and you were back on again. But 
I mean, you were as I was growing up, and then I'm going to get into a football team, a proper football team. It was just doing the simple things. They were repeating, telling me to do the simple things. Just get it and lay it, and then everything else will will work its work its way. And I mean, David Healy after joining Linfield, and David Healy joined. I mean, what else? What a what a career he's had, and international as well. And he's taught me so much. And then coming here, Ian, Ian Holloway himself as well has taught me so much. David Healy, obviously, like you say, a, a, an iconic Irish player. Did you learn a lot from him in those early days at Linfield? Well, I mean, he's 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 had a career in, in the big game, and he knows exactly what it's like. And he, he taught me what I needed to know to come over here and what they expect. And what he told me was 100% correct because everything's happened. I mean, he told me that it's going to be faster, physical, and just way quicker than what the Irish League was and you'll not have more time as enough time and it's just I mean it was him that told me what they expect and I've expected it all So since signing in the summer how's your first few months at QPR been you know you've had to be patient you've played in the under 23s yeah. uh, you've had a good look at the, the the team the squad but what's it been like for you since you've been over here Amazing I was welcomed to the club like it was a part of the family it's QPR's a big family club it's just that they're all together as one and once I come in, I mean, it was as if I was meant to be here and I was welcomed by everyone in the and club. That's and that's so important, whether you're you know, a young lad coming across from Ireland or you're a, an experienced international. When you join a new club, that's so important that you go into a dressing room where people you know, welcome you and make you feel like you, you belong straight yeah. away. Yeah, well, it's massive. I mean, you don't want to come to a club and you feel uncomfortable in a place that you're not welcome because mm. then your football just you don't enjoy it your football would suffer as a result yeah I mean you don't enjoy playing football when people don't like you and when people aren't actually making you feel comfortable but once I come in here I've just loved every minute of it and what about the senior players in the dressing room there key players like Ned Manure, obviously the captain uh, more experienced players James, James Perch amongst others how have they been with you they've welcomed you with open arms I assume uh, they've, they've looked after me I mean they've told me all the rules of what, what to look out for and what not to look out for and <laughs> the do's and the don'ts yeah yeah, yeah. but I mean you believe chief them. yeah <laughs> you have to he's the chief isn't he <laughs> <laughs> so casting your mind back to, to Monday then um, initially how did you hear was it Sunday night that you heard or was it Monday or it was uh, New Year's Eve on the train on the Monday and uh, on the Sunday, the Sunday, sorry, yes, yep. and I didn't didn't expect it because I was sitting in the twenty three change room, and Ian Holloway's came in and looked at me as if I've done something wrong. <laughs> Panic, <laughs> and that's when you start panicking and overthinking, thinking did I did I do something? Or am I am I getting moved out on loan? Or <laughs> and he goes brought me straight into his office, and his attitude just changed once that door closed in his office. He was just all happy and buzzing, and he says to me, "I mean, I'm, I'm going to start you," and I was like shocked because I thought he would have broke me through, gave me half an hour at the end of the like, second half but he just threw me into the deep end and I knew I had the... Because I think that might have come as a surprise to a lot of people because Aramide Ote obviously came off the bench didn't he since against Millwall yep. you were in the 18 uh, sorry you were in the 20 in that yeah. match they travelling squad but you didn't make the 18 but Aramide did and then what pressure is it on a on a young kid like Paul to be thrown in Andy at, at such a late stage and such an uh, such a late you know at 24 hours before a game which is what a lot of managers tend to do these days but such an early stage in his career to go into such a big game against a Cardiff side who prior to the weekend were sitting in the top four well, it's big pressure, but I think that's uh, 
you know, take this the right way. He's he hasn't got any sort of baggage from results. He hasn't got any fear. He probably doesn't know a massive amount about the opposition. So I think it's a really good thing, you know, uh, just to, to get thrown in. You haven't got too much time to think about it. Although I'm sure you went to bed the night before a little bit uh, nervous, excited, apprehensive, all those emotions. Because I've been there. But you know, once you know you're playing, you just want to get to the ground, get your boots on, and get out there and. Uh, release some of that nervous energy that's probably swilling around in you was that how it was for you you the nerves initially after you were told i think you said after the game on monday that you didn't feel nerves when you were on the pitch but what were the nerves like the night before i couldn't sleep <laughs> really <laughs> i couldn't sleep because i mean you're playing it you know you're starting for a championship game against cardiff who have a lot of experienced players mm. and you know you're going to come up against that you just i on the day i just thought you know what 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 do I have to lose? Why don't I'm just going to go out there and play the way I usually play, do what I do, and just enjoy it? And I take think can I just jump in? I think that's uh, that's a spot on approach. You know, you 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 have to believe in yourself because you are going into the unknown as such. Yeah, You're yeah. never quite sure, but you know it's important that you sit there quietly, uh, back yourself, know what you're good at, and, and go and do it. That's what you that's what you've been put in the side for. Yeah. And I have to be say you, you you certainly didn't disappoint. That's for sure. <laughs> so the game itself, um, it was quite a, an even first half, wasn't it? You made an impact quite early on. You were certainly Sol Bamba and uh, and Manga certainly <laughs> knew you were playing. Matt Connolly as well, former QBR defender. Um, it was a, a half of really few clear-cut chances. What did the gaffer say to you at half-time? Because the second half seemed to be a far more open affair for both teams. He wanted me to play Ken in the number 10, just so I can get more on the ball, because you know the way Cardiff like to play. They like to play tight yep. and right up, up your back backside, and y you get to turn them as well. So he just told me to sit in that number 10 role, because if I have an outlet, it's up to Matt Smith. He yep. takes it down, and then me and Luke Freeman play off him. It was just... He told me to sit in that, sit in the number ten role, and just try and get on the ball as much as I can, and I kind of try to do that. And is that a role? Sorry to interrupt. Is that number ten role a role that you're accustomed to? Because you're you're normally accustomed to correct me if I'm wrong to playing out wide or up top, but the yeah, ten yeah. role is slightly different. I have never played number ten until the game there against Cardiff, and I was kind of nervous because it was a position that I've never played, and I didn't know how to play it. But I just kind of went, I'll just run around and just to be, be busy. busy and be a nuisance even though I don't know how to play number 10 role but we'll see how it works out and thankfully it worked out very well for me. So the penalty was obviously a setback um, whether <laughs> yeah. whether or not you think it was a penalty or not Jake Bidwell um, for a tug on Patson and it was expertly tucked away but then it was a decent response wasn't it Jack Robinson's long throw and then you know if you get the area into the if you get the ball into the right area should I say for Matt Smith given his height and his presence he's, he's going to win it and he, he did win it and at 1-1 it was game on. Yeah, I mean, obviously when you go goal down, your heads dra do drop, but it's it's having that fight and belief that you can know you can go on and get the equaliser or even get the winner, and it was kind of it was hard for us at the, when they did score because I mean it was seven sixty sixty odd minutes and that was late in the game and we knew that we had to really up our game to get a, even a chance to mm -hmm. come back and win the game and thankfully for the throw in that we got and Jack Robinson with a outrageous throwing it's just <laughs> crazy I don't know how long you throw the ball he throws it for the oh it's man. like a set piece isn't it it, it really is like a corner or a free kick it is it's like a corner you could, you could throw the full length of the like half of the pitch because like it's, it's this trajectory gets on it as well it's not just oh. a hopeful high one is it it yeah. gets some real fizz on it as it's well. like they're a the hardest ones to defend the ones yeah. that come in low and flat and um, with a bit of pace on them especially when you have Matt Smith running up and jumping up against you like with his height and physical presence as you so say so come on talk us through the goal <laughs> 
Um, in your words. I mean, I was anticipating the flick on throughout the game in the first half as well off Matt Smith, and it was kind of one of the main things because it was working, but it just didn't work the way I wanted it to work. And uh, as it says, it was anticipating the flick, and once he flicked it on, and I, I got past the first defender, I went, get in the box, just get in the box, and then compose yourself, because I tend to have a reputation of freaking out in the box, <laughs> and just panicking, and then snapping, but, I mean, I just blanked out the crowd, blanked out everyone, and thought, this is just a training, training session, I'm just shooting, and say they're going to the back of the net or going for a corner and that f- I find that amazing that you you said there that you, you blanked out the crowd as if there weren't 13, 14,000 people <laughs> in there is that that's an art in itself isn't it being able to do that especially on the biggest stage of them all on your debut well that's what uh, experienced players can do that's yeah. what top players can do you know you can shut everything out you can get rid of the emotion that's swilling around and you're just engrossed in the game but uh, no for me you know your, your pace did it ever cross your mind because the, the fella's always pushing you a little bit wide onto your left foot were you ever thinking kind of kind of somehow work it on my right or were you just you know confident and just think it's on my left I'm, I'm just going to go with it I mean I don't really mind whether what foot I'm shooting off I mean because if you get the, sh- the the ball on target and as as you've seen on, on Monday there that mm. you have a chance of it going in whether or not it's deflected or it's it's a good finish was it going in without that deflection Course you know, keep his legs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it course either course. way. I'm taking it. So you've talked us through the goal. What about the celebration? Is that one that we're hoping to see uh, a lot more in 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 the weeks and months and years to come in Paul yeah. Smith's QPR career? Yeah, big time. It's uh, it's something. Of, yeah. I, I, and the guy said he doesn't mind you doing it as long as you keep I'm, scoring the goal. I'm glad he said that to be fair because it's my signature celebration. It's, it's the only one I have, and I've a wee front flip as well. But I'd rather the back flip. It's more stylish and <laughs> the back flip's more yeah. stylish. I love it. <laughs> um, I saw you waving um, up to the South Africa Rose Stand as you left the pitch. Did you have some some family members there? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, my mum and dad couldn't get over because it was just so late late notice. But yeah. uh, my missus was there and her father was there. Great. So he uh, he loves football. Loves it. Uh, first time he came over here, he stayed in my apartment for a while, straight to the QPR store. Really? He bought a, bought a half sip and he bought a, a rain jacket. It was yeah. the first thing he done. He just he's so dedicated to me and Great. to what I do, and it's Wonderful. just it, it feels good, especially when you know you have people behind you, yeah. and it just makes you more confident to go on and make them proud as well as yourself. What was that stand innovation like? You you got a knock, didn't you? I don't know whether you'd run out of puff at that stage or the manager just thought that it was worth making the change. I know the injury's fine now, that's cleared up, yeah. there's no issues there. But what was that ovation like? Because to a man, every QBR fan in that stadium was on their feet. I, I, it's hard to explain. Pinch yourself moment? Yeah, it was like, it was as if it was a dream. Because the night before, I was dreaming about actually scoring and thinking... This could be the best feeling in the world if I actually do score, and when it did, and I was obviously coming off, it was a standing ovation. I was looking around, being like shocked, like wow, this is this atmosphere was amazing the whole game, and the fans were electric the whole game, and just to get a standing ovation on my debut is after scoring a goal as well it was just it was, it was shocking. It was a really, really good feeling. You can tell you're quite a grounded individual. You can tell that since, can't you? Um, just speaking to him, I guess the next step now is to establish yourself in the game and yeah. at QPR how big a test is that for a young player Andy because when you do score on debut I mean I, we get carried away don't we when we see a young <laughs> player score in the media we hype him up as as a lot of clubs do how difficult a challenge is that now for Paul 
Yeah, it'd be difficult, but speaking to him, and you know, I've spoken at the training ground a couple of months ago, and he was, you know, he was champing at the bit, but recognised he needed to be patient, and he, he asked a couple of things what I had seen in certain games, and uh, blah blah blah. So he seems grounded. Uh, grounded. It's important that he, you know, take this the right way. The hero the other day, but you're as good as your next game, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure he'll know that. He's uh, he took all the plaudits the other day, but. Uh, dare I say done nothing really yet as yeah. such but he knows that and he'll keep working hard at the training ground he'll keep wanting to improve um, and as I say he's got a really really bright future he seems like he's got good people around him um, as well as the coaches and the, the players at the club I think it's important to have good people away from the ground where family and friends yeah can keep you on the straight and narrow and not let you get too carried away with hype and on the flip side of that when things aren't going as well, yep. don't get too down with it. You know, keep you on the straight and narrow that way because uh, football's a game of emotions, up and down. But you know, he's made a great start. We're delighted for him, and um, long may he continue. You said there you're only as good as your next game. The next game is an FA Cup tie. Is playing in the FA Cup something that still means a lot to to young players like yourself? Because over the years, it's perhaps been damaged somewhat. But the FA Cup, a competition you're looking forward to playing in this weekend. Yeah, I mean, whenever. Whatever team you play for, whatever cup game it is, I mean, you always want to get to the final of that cup because it's going to be a good day. Mm. Finals are always a good day, and the FA Cup, I'm imagine getting to the final of QPR <laughs> in your first season with them, it would be outstanding. But when I was playing for Linfield, we got we played in the Irish Cup, something similar to the FA Cup, but just obviously not as big. But back there, it was it was a massive thing, massive thing. So playing in that as well kind of gets you ready to play in a bigger competition, mm. like it did for me to play in the Championship itself. So I think uh, playing in the FA Cup, making a debut in the FA Cup as well, it would be amazing. It'd be really, really good, really good feeling. FA Cup this weekend, then, chaps. Um, not a competition we fare well in. Everybody knows the third round record, so we won't talk about that again because uh, it seems like a broken record every January that we discuss it. Um, <laughs> Ian Holloway is likely to consider making changes for the visit of. MK Dons Andy what what kind of team if you were in the manager's position would you pick this weekend because it's a it's a tough conundrum really yeah probably have a look at you know winning the game the other day you want to keep that momentum going because I'm a great believer that whether it's cup or league you, you keep winning games at the same time we've got a week away from going up to Burton which is a, a huge game um, if you look at the, the the sort of the league table but um, I fully expect Oli to make some changes. I wouldn't make too many, if you're asking me. Um, I'd probably decide three or four real key players for the for the the week ahead uh, and fit in around that, you know. But um, that'd be interesting. You know, you got Ezzy coming back from Wickham. Would he feature? You got Paul Smith. You know, can he build on what he did the other day? Uh, you've got Ote. Uh, been dipped in the last sort of couple of games. So there's a there's a one so uh, as I say it's times like this when you, you're pleased you're not a manager you never know in the FA Cup what kind of teams you're going to come up against um, because like we say there are often changes that are made Milton Keynes Dons are currently languishing in 19th in League One with one win in seven so if ever there was an opportunity mm. to reach round four Paul um, this looks to be it in theory yeah what I would say as well is for MK Dons it's probably like you say it's one win in seven I think it's two wins in 11 in all competitions it's probably a welcome relief from okay. League One football and they might actually go into this game a lot more relaxed than they would be if they're battling for three points to get away from towards the bottom of uh, the League One table so they might come into it more relaxed and therefore more dangerous there's absolutely no pressure or expectancy 
on them. And like you say, Ian Holloway's got that balancing act of he's got to look at players like Alex Baptiste, who's played week in, week out. Will he yeah. look to rest him? Um, he's got the Mas Luongo, who's travelling all around the world every couple of months, and he's been playing by and large week in, week out as well. So he's going to, probably going to make two or three changes. But having said that, the players he's going to be bringing in are going to be players that potentially on the fringe you want to make a point. Yep. He's got the young players, and we've seen what impact Paul Smith had against Cardiff City. Ibir Ayezi, there's a lot of talk about him. If potentially he starts as well, there'll be an excitement around that. So it's a game I'm looking forward to because there will be that sort of different side, if you like. There will be that, that balancing act that Ian Holloway's got, but... It could lead to two or three youngsters getting their opportunity and it's a, it is a, a good opportunity for them to show what they can do. So it should be quite an exciting game. January not only means uh, FA Cup third round time, but it also means the transfer window is open. You know, yellow ties are already at Sky Sports News. Um, two players have already moved on. Yeni and Bakoto has joined Gwingomp on a, uh, I think I pronounced that right, probably <laughs> not, um, on a permanent deal. And Sean Goss has gone to Rangers on loan until the end of the season good moves for both players Andy because Yenny really wasn't getting the game time that he wanted and for young Gossi it's an opportunity to continue his football and education at a Scottish powerhouse in Glasgow Rangers yeah you're spot on with uh, saying it's a good move for both you know Yenny came with a good pedigree uh, but uh, for, for whatever reason hasn't quite happened so you know he goes back to uh, back abroad and gets his career on its um, on his travels again Gossie goes up to Glasgow a huge club mm. you know and he came with a, a great sort of pedigree from Manchester United again probably because of the the form of our midfield three as a as a group um, has been able to force himself into the team but he'll go up there hopefully he'll play lots of games and um, you know Glasgow Rangers will probably you would like to think dominate a lot of the games so he possession based he should get on the ball he's got a great range of passing so hopefully he'll go up there further his education play loads of games and we'll see the benefits of that when he comes back Ollie's spoken about the size of the squad at QPR being a big one um, still more to shift on Paul in this window do you think do you think there'll be some some changes uh, between now and the end of Jan yeah I, I think you get the impression that it will be outs rather than ins and wouldn't it be novel for QPR almost to sit tight in terms of bringing players in during a transfer window because you think had we have been more active in the transfer window in the summer and maybe brought one or two strikers in would someone like Paul Smith have got his opportunity to show what he can do so I think yeah you certainly get the impression it'll be outs rather than ins and like you say in Holloway has spoken about the size of the squad it must be difficult to keep everyone happy when you can only select 11 and, and even the 18 you look Sean Goss often hasn't even been able to get on the bench now it must be difficult to to keep all these players content when some of them aren't even getting into the match day squad mm. so to bring more bodies into the the football club you're surely just exasperating the the problem so I would have thought outs over ins and I think that's probably good for all concerned we've lost Jamie Mackey uh, this week he's going to be out for a couple of months speaking of Jamie Mackey he will be in attendance at the starters of Loftus Road 100 event um, at Loftus Road next Tuesday Andy uh, Phil Parks Bob Hazel Kevin Gallant and Jamie Mackey you'll be there as well dozen or so tickets available this is my plug 08 um, a good opportunity for Rangers fans to come down and listen to some of their heroes their current heroes their former heroes talk about 
life at Loftus Road as we celebrate 100 years at the great place. Yeah, it promises to be a really good uh, evening as it was last year when we had the Stars of 67. You know, it's a it's a way through the forever hours um, of the fans getting closer to their, their heroes. You know, they love the stories. Um, I'm constantly told how much people enjoy seeing the former players coming back every Saturday or Tuesday night, you know, so long may that continue. But, you know, you, you, you look at Kevin Gallen, legend at the club, 414 games or whatever, numerous goals. Phil Parks, record speaks for itself. Bob Hazel was really well thought of, and we thought we'd put Jamie Mackey into the mix uh, because um, his popularity, but also he's, he's modern. He played in the... 10-11 side that got promoted and he's still playing now so so we're covering probably 50 years of life at Loftus Road so uh, I'm looking forward to it hearing some stories um, you know, hearing some memories from the boys uh, the, the lads who are coming out we thank them for the time and um, those that are coming you'll have a good night and as I'll, I'll double plug if there's still 10 or 12 tickets um, be money well spent 20 quid you can't go wrong on a Tuesday night at Loftus Road we'll see you next week on the Loftcast Cast. <coughs>